Welcome to our podcast, Be Unapologetic. We're your hosts, Natalie Bayergeon and Felicia Hunter. So let's do this. Let's embrace the amazing fucking beings that we are. Hola. Hey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Yep. Okay. So like, if we're being honest, <laughs> like, where are we at? Not fucking well. <laughs> I, I'm trying though. Like, I did get back to the gym this week, which oh, was good. Like after like, what, six weeks off from an Achilles injury. So that was good. <laughs> That's yep. a plus. I feel like a butterfly (laughs) getting new wings and it's fucking uncomfortable. Like I just like I'm being made to come out of the cocoon like (laughs) someone's carving it out. So it's like it's just like a very uncomfortable transformation period right now. So I guess I'm just trying to embrace it. So in all honesty, my mood is low and I feel but I feel very present for that lowness. I think that's an okay thing to admit how unapologetic of you. You know that movie Inside Out? I don't know if you've ever seen it, but uh-huh. the whole movie basically is focusing on positive this, positive that, joy, embracing joy and embracing the funny. And the little um, depressed character is always being pushed off to the side. Mm -hmm. But at the end, there's a message to it that you have to embrace the tears and the sadness that you're feeling. Or it's just going to well and fester inside you until it just either bursts out and you act impulsively or, or are mean to somebody. Or you either just acknowledge the feelings, process what's going on, and then understand how to move forward from it. Yeah, I do feel like you need these lows or these uncomfortable emotions to be able to fully understand and embrace the positive ones, right? Like if you were joyful all the time, that's pretty fucking boring. (laughs) I'd be a little concerned and question what what is going on? What are you taking in connection? Yeah. <laughs> so I think like I'm just I'm really just allowing myself to sit in this and giving myself grace that it's appropriate to be feeling the way that I am and if I do nothing but do this today, meh, good job. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you got out of bed, you put your hair in a bun, you're good. Because I'm a brunette now, like I feel like you can't tell if my hair's greasy. It is. <laughs> Sometimes I leave mine for a long time and I can almost do a comb over and then it'll stay perfectly slick. And I'm like, oh, it's time, Natalie. But yeah, no, I I think this month there's just something in the air and a lot of moon changes. Your friend, she had said that she's just feeling low energy, like there's a change in the moon and a lot of friends have been telling me that actually this month has been kind of low and sucky but you know what it makes me think of you know the leaves are falling not just to die but they're just leaving this year behind so I feel like we're cleansing and you and your little metaphors yeah of course (laughs) so I feel like that's just happening. We're just shedding all of this year off of us. Yeah. Then we're going to come up from that. Yeah. 
will it rise from the ashes? <laughs> yeah, I do feel like I'm entering like a new era, you know, like a chapter is closing, friend groups are changing, my morals and values are becoming more solidified. And that is showing in that is like projecting outward into my external life. Mm -hmm. And it's a really weird feeling having things leave or come to an end that you still love, but they just don't fit anymore. Yeah, I think that's the hard part is that you're hanging on so tightly to it because you still want it to be there, not realizing that, oh, maybe it's, it's time to let go. Yeah, I know that that can be a struggle too, and and bring people at a low. Uh, mm-hmm. Accepting change, change is really hard for people. Totally, when you just become so immersed in a routine or habits, and then suddenly, like the world shifts. Mm-hmm. How and, do I handle all of this? And not being able to control it. Also, it's like I have to just adapt and move through it. Me. Five years ago, I would not be reacting the way that I am right now, you know, like just simply sitting in it and feeling through it and accepting it at a a healthy pace instead of just maybe drinking it down or numbing it out and still having to deal with it whenever I sober up, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just in it now. I have my supports and we're just going through changes and that is it's going to be so beautiful well and it always gets worse before it gets better right sometimes and I think it gets worse before it gets better it's because you start I think we're in that period where you're starting to battle with it you know that there's change and you're like not ready to accept it or you're 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 trying to hold on for dear life but you can see that it's just slipping through your fingers. And so that's the worst part now that's happening. And then you're going to finally let go and then feel like, huh, it's getting better. Yeah. Like there's a saying that like everything that I let go of has claw marks in it because it takes me so much time to really release. Mm -hmm. And I'm having to do it at a rapid speed, which I'm not used to, uh, but I'm doing it. We're doing it. Woo. <laughs> so we're here. We're doing the inside work. Welcome to my insides. I hope you like that. <laughs> so How are you? Good, good. Like last week was my week. I was yeah. like, bleh. You have a very long tongue. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if I should be saying thank you, but. <laughs> I feel like it went past your chin. <laughs> I can touch my nose. Oh my gosh. There's your there's your new career. That's my hidden talent. Mm. Welcome. I'm here next week. <laughs> so you have had an imp- improvement since last week? I think so. Like a lot lower last week and through into this week. But I think now I'm kind of just accepting it a little bit more. Yeah. I was in that power struggle for a bit, but now it's just, it is what it is. And I'm ready to just accept the new chapter. Yeah. Uh, Riding the roller coaster. I think maybe now my little coaster's going upwards. So that's great. I want off. 
I'm off. <laughs> I fucking hate roller coasters. I've never been on one. I don't enjoy them. Yeah, I get sick on them. I'm a control freak. I don't even like to be on like the back of a motorcycle. Oh. No, I need to be the driver. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Well. All right, here we go. Um, Pick us one. Pick yeah. us a goodie. Pick us a goodie. Okay. Girls don't need heroes. We need adventure. Oh. I'm thinking. I'm dissecting that. What does that mean to you? <sighs> I kind of go to Disney movies, and I'm sure a lot of people have thought about this. I mean, we've been programmed to think that women and girls need heroes and fixers to always rescue us from a situation. Or we play even the damsel and sometimes expect to be rescued or have heroes in our lives. I think it's important that we can be our own hero. And that really we're just seeking partners or friendships to have adventures with and have that support system and hero, I guess you could say, in times of need when you want it or ask for it. But I think that, again, going back to the programming that we feel or sometimes men feel that they have to be the hero, Mm -hmm. just interject feeling that that's what they're supposed to do. And sometimes you're like, I just I don't need you to be a hero totally I actually just want you to listen to me mm-hmm. and just be here with me and then carry on our merry way into an adventure like so have you had situations where you have either been the reverse like what kind of t- like did you where did you go oh I was scratching oh. my foot <laughs> I had an itch like I guess, how did you learn this, you know? And did you ever play the damsel? And now do you have a reaction to put words to my thoughts? I think <laughs> I think in some regard, it's also like a learned behavior. Again, it goes back to society programming us to maybe be that damsel in distress. And so, yeah, when I did watch Disney movies or any cartoon, there were so many cartoons that made it that, the female always needed rescuing. Which one do you relate to the most? You know, like my all-time favorite movie in the world is uh, The Little Mermaid and Pokemon. That was mine! That's the one I was going to say. I 100% believed that my profession growing up would be uh, a mermaid. And I remember my parents saying that there's no jobs in mermaids. And one day I sent them, like now as an adult, there's actually a school for mermaids. There is. You can be a mermaid. I was like, you can. you can be a mermaid. You lied to me. I could have been a mermaid this whole time. But I think the reason why I love The Little Mermaid and I love Pocahontas so much is because those characters, actually, and Mulan too, always, there was always this fight in them to want to step outside of the box, mm-hmm. explore a world, or venture off into something that they had never done before without permission or without Mm -hmm. having a hero. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately in the end of it, like in Little Mermaid, the Prince Charming comes along and rescues her. Pocahontas actually creates peace of indigenous and, and the white man. And I feel like she becomes more the hero in it all. So maybe I kind of connect more to that, that inspired me more. And then Mulan. Mm. 
I think in some aspect of watching Disney movies and growing up, I I'm definitely played a damsel at some points in my life, but it never really sit right with me. I've always been a person that wanted to do things on my own, but maybe there was at that time in my life a little more control Mm -hmm. like that was dug into my skin so I think that's why I just accepted sometimes playing the damsel in in distress or whatever you want to call it Little Mermaid reminds me of codependency giving up my voice for attachment (laughs) yes yeah and so that's why I relate to that one because I have been in that situation I've also I when I I'm I'm still dissecting the topic because I think I've also been guilty of trying to be the hero mm-hmm. and take care of somebody or um, fall in love with their potential and I'm going to bring them up to that potential, right? Yeah. So then I take on that hero capacity, but it doesn't matter if it's the female or the male. Um, it creates a really unhealthy dynamic to just walk with someone like there's a quote um, and it's like all we're doing on this earth is walking each other home and I always think of that as a very neutral partnership that I can take care of me you can take care of me but we can hold hands while we take care of ourselves Mm -hmm. you know and so that's kind of what I search for now not not just in in romantic relationships but friendships as well um where the weight is equal did you feel like sometimes if you were being that hero you realized that you were maybe being more of a crutch Mm -hmm. leaning heavily on you yeah like there's a joke with my friends that I would kind of come up with a picture of somebody when I had them and then I would take them into my home and try to make them what they could be. And even when I was engaged, I was in love with what they could be. And um, and I thought, okay, I'm going to give them all of the love, all of the resources, all of the support, and they're going to be who they were meant to be. And that created so much resentment in relationships because what I see for somebody is not what it should be, right? Like that person also deserves the autonomy to to be whatever they are. And if that means that, you know, they don't get a job and they don't finish school and they they don't um, get sober from substances, like that is all on them and not a reflection of me. And so I would take that on as my identity. So if I couldn't be the hero and save them, then I'm, I'm a terrible person. Yeah. It's none of my business what you want to do with your life, but Mm -hmm. you make those choices. And then I do a check inside. Do your choices match my moral compass? Yes. Then I'm staying Mm. right. I can't control you, but I can search inward and check if it, if it does match the things that I believe in and the people that I want in my life. And if that still is okay, then what's it to me if you want to change your career, Mm -hmm. right? What's it to me if you want to change your religion? Yeah. Does it impact my morals? No. Then I'm still going to be there. Yeah. But if you started murdering people, (laughs) I would have to do a little bit of a wellness check. Like, hmm, 
love you, but can't support you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did I really go off this fucking topic? No, no. no? Uh, I think <laughs> you can go so many directions with this topic because I think we're all a little guilty or many of us have been in friendships and relationships to want to be the hero or that we've been guilty maybe of not seeing red flags because we so badly see what we think the person has potential to be. We get kind of that hero syndrome of wanting to perfect that and make them be that. But then that's where the relationships become so toxic and destructive is because it's, you're clashing and then you're not working and the person's like, why, why are you trying to change me? And then at the end of the day, you realize I'm not, I shouldn't be here as your parent. Exactly. Either. Like we're both grown adults in this friendship or in this relationship and we should allow each other to blossom in the way that we want to and either we change together or we change to part ways Mm -hmm. the reality of life as well with relationships I mean I've certainly been guilty of of trying to be a hero in I'm just naturally a fixer I always want to fix and I always want to help people and I'll put myself last to put someone ahead of me and that's something I really had to find balance in that it's okay to fix and want to help people the person has to want it and be open to it you still need to allow for the person to have their autonomy make sure you don't fucking burn yourself out to the point of helping them that you've no longer even helped yourself yeah very true okay want to pull another yeah if anyone else has anything to add to this topic feel free to message us and we'll speak to it next podcast and I think we'll always go back on these subjects too it doesn't mean we're putting an end or a close to it there's definitely so many routes and alternatives that we can touch on with a topic um Let's see. When you know it's love. Can't relate. (laughs) (laughs) I'll start. Okay. When you know it's actual love. Oh, do I want to tell this story? Yes, you do. (laughs) Yes, you do. Oh. Don't be unapologetic. Okay. I, well, actually, this is kind of like coincides with um, a couple topics that people have sent our way, like, menstruation women poop do we (laughs) do you no I don't poop (laughs) true love to me and I always ask friends when they're dating someone and they're kind of hemming and hawing if this is the person for them and I say if you're absolutely sick one day and they need to help you with your catheter or your depends or you're throwing up all over the place will they run the other direction or would they be there to either mop it up, hold your hair, clean you up? To me, that's absolute true love. Because I have been with both where I have been sick and the person just <laughs> tossed a pillow in the bathroom in the hopes that it would make it near me and wished me good night. I get it. It's fine. <laughs> Vomit and poop is not for everybody. But when the love is there, for example, I had terrible menstrual cramps and I got so sick that I was just vomiting and having (laughs) diarrhea Mm. and my partner so lovingly caressed my my head put my hair behind my ear and would clean the toilet 
and would unplug the bath and refill it so that mm-hmm. nice and warm and clean again so that I could bathe. And he just took care of all that. And then, you know, got me uh, meds to control the cramps, got me my fizzy water, laid out my PJs. Mm. Just asked me, what else can I do for you? And to me, I was like, this is true love. Because he doesn't care that I'm at my worst right now. And did he ever, like, hold it over you later? Like, remember that time? Nope. No, never. That's love. Yeah, that is love. Because I have been in situations where like they do those nice things, but then it's like now you have to do something for me, or next it's like held over my head. That moment that I was vulnerable, it's held for them to get something back in return. Yeah, it's kind of like a is it a selfish act or is it a selfless act? Yeah, exactly. No, that totally is love. That that's true love, folks. Keep an eye (laughs) out. If someone's willing to wipe your bum. Have you experienced anything remotely? I know you're in the dating pool right now, but... No, I'm not even in the pool. Oh, out? I'm... Yeah, I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, like, I... I had, like, toxic shock one time. (gasps) Tampon. Oh, my God. And I left it in for, like, two weeks. Anyways. And I was at home with my fiance at the time and got it out and then I just like really started to bleed and swell and fever and sweating and I was like on the toilet I was like I can't even get up and I was like can you go to the store and get me pads and I needed butt underwear because I didn't own any (laughs) and he comes back with five boxes of depends like no no understanding of like how much blood right like he's like I gotta get them all so uh because I just needed them so that we could get to the hospital so uh I I put one on I'm crunching around (laughs) (laughs) I have like PJ pants on he sat with me in a merge he held my hand like while the gynae was like doing their assessment because they brought me right in held my hand while they were doing the IV, didn't get grossed out and leave at the sight of blood. He was more like, are you okay? Like, that looks like a lot of blood. Like, I'm not going anywhere. Do you need water? Do you need ice chips? Like, he was just, like, really present. I really do think that we loved each other just more as friends, though. And we had such a deep connection. It just, we were making the romantic part work. But at the end of the day, like, I know that he, he was, he was the only one that I could fart around. <laughs> Friends are romantic. That was still true love. Yeah, absolutely. For you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and like, like, for comparison, my last partner, like, anytime I had to poop, I would pretend I'm taking out the garbage and I would go downstairs, get in my car, go across the street to the Tim Hortons, poop, and then come back. That's dedication. Yeah. And then COVID happened. Oh. And you couldn't poop at any of the stores. 
And I was like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So funny that, you know, I have been in relationships too, where I would have to leave a room and, and have a fart or just pray to God that he would leave soon so I can have a poop. And it's, it's just the weirdest thing in the world that we do that because it's completely normal. We all do it. Yeah. And I remember my, like my now partner, I think like by the second date, he just let one rip. He's like, I'm just going to get this over with because clearly we really like each other. And I just don't want that tension where we're sweating. And like, <laughs> he's like, let's just be honest. When your tummy is grumbling, it's not because like, oh, I must be hungry. No, it's because you have to poop or fart. Just do it. <laughs> I'm in love with him now. (laughs) That was was me the other day in the car with you. My stomach was going nuts and I really had to fart. And as soon as you got out of the car, I was like, let him go. (laughs) A kafuffle will happen. Give a kafuffle. A will happen. I think true love is just the ugly, the beauty. Mm-hmm. it has to it has to have all of that I mean I had a partner he hated if I wore sweats or threw my hair up and mm-hmm. expected that you know you should wear jeans and nice clothes all the time around me oh <laughs> <laughs> wow Ladies and gentlemen, this is what true love is. This is the first time that Felicia has actually belched in front of me and on this podcast and being unapologetic. Thank you. Apparently, I'm really, apparently I'm really comfortable with you. I'm crying. Your face. Like, you totally didn't expect it to come out. I didn't. I've been drinking fizzy water. <sighs> oh, it felt really good, though. I will say. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was a good, <clears throat> great topic. Yeah i I want to add. I want to add a little bit about friendships, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but um, lately, I've been on a like true love and friendship journey. I feel like more than I have been on a romantic journey and it's been that ability to be vulnerable and completely share all, all of me. And so, you know, the friend that we saw the other day, like when she says, I love you, she says, I love you, all of you, you know? Yeah. And I never used to say, I love you to friends. That was not something I did. And now it is something that I try to practice, especially when they've been vulnerable with me or I've been vulnerable with them. Like I've had friends, if I'm in a funk, like they will come over, they'll bring cupcakes, they'll crawl into my bed with me and we watch Real Housewives and we don't even talk. Yeah. You know, and just that ability to sit in my shit with me and not need to fix it yeah because there's certain friends that I just couldn't 
do that with. I still, I think of some people that I still have to put a little bit of a front on mm-hmm. just because I know if I show all of me or the vulnerable parts of me, I don't think or know that they would accept it or, or just wouldn't embrace it maybe as some of my closest friends do. Totally. Everybody has friends like that though. You have one that you can absolutely, you know what you can say to them and then you know other ones what you can't say to them. Yeah. Like I have, I have friends that are just, they're, they, I don't go into anything with my emotions. Like they're more, I want to have fun or they're career focused. Um, And those are all, all okay. Like your friends don't have to be an all, all or nothing package. Yeah. I have friends for certain things and I accept them for what they can offer. But I do, I do search more for those loving connections now than I do for kind of the surface area or if I feel any alternative motives, that kind of thing. Right now in my journey, that's what I am most appreciative for is friendship. I love you. I love you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like things like that is, that's just where I am in my journey. And I think the relationship piece will come. I'm just on a different path right now. And that's okay. It is. I like that you shared that because we always think like true love is always something to do with romantic. Mm -hmm. But you can absolutely love and be in love with your friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think with those relationships that, or those friendships that I do have true love for, I accept their criticism and not criticism, their constructive criticism or their feedback, right? Yeah. Like they can call me on my shit because there's so much substance, substance, there's so much to the, (laughs) fuck. So there's, when there's so much. (laughs) when there's now I'm talking with my hands like um yeah when there's so much to the relationship I respect if you're like Felicia I think you're overthinking or Felicia you need to take a pause before you react to the situation and I don't take that as a a personal attack on my character I know that you have my best interest at heart and that's the difference I think is there's no motives behind it and you really do want the best for me and so if you do say stuff like that or maybe you should be going this avenue I take that into consideration because I respect you and I love you and I know that you have the best for me and you might have different lenses on than I do and that's that is true love in itself and you always can tell when it's good criticism versus bad criticism you always can tell if it's coming from somebody and there's just a hint of uh, more of a dig at you yeah, or belittlement, humiliation, or to put you down, mm-hmm. good criticism, you can feel it from your friends where you're like, oh, they're just trying to protect me so that maybe I don't have this impulsive moment and, mm-hmm. and, and then regret it. They're, they're trying to stop me in my tracks because they see something and they're they want to help. They want to protect. And they don't want me to, like, have any pain or regrets or anything like that. So it is coming out of just such a loving place. Because when you do really, truly love your friends, you don't want to see them embarrassed or shameful or hurt in any way. You genuinely don't. 
And it's normal to feel like a little, like sometimes when my partner will give a little feedback or criticism, there's just a little hiccup that feels a little defensive. And I'm like, oh, but then I take a moment and I'm like, actually, that was very valuable feedback. And I'll implement it in going forward with whatever I'm doing and realize that it was extremely helpful. And he wasn't doing it to hurt me or embarrass me. He was just seeing something from the outside that maybe I wasn't seeing. Yeah. See, that's love. Yeah. We like that. Those were good. Yeah. Those were lovely. At first, like when you read them, I was like, Oh, frig, I got nothing to say for both. (laughs) The girls don't need heroes. We need adventures was a little challenging one for me I think because there's so many different directions you can go with it but that's why I always like to point out to people that the topic doesn't ever really have to end with this episode well we can always kind of seep it into other ones when other ideas surface yeah or like when we've done some reflection after like you and I off off microphone did some reflection of our last episode and had some more to add and so we were kind of thinking of just sticking the ones that we've already done into a different jar that we could maybe revisit because things came to light after the fact, right? Yeah. Oh, I would have loved to say that. So now it's just, it's in a cookie jar in my head. I just look at it that it wasn't meant to come out that day. Uh, Yeah. It'll come out naturally for another day. Totally. And, And I have ADHD. So if you don't keep me on track, then I will hit like 17 topics in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Ditto. I cut you off I don't know how many times in a day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're a little interrupter. Sometimes. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you have your nose pierced. And you're trying to tell me about this really serious thing. I'm like, <laughs> when did you get your nose pierced? And you're like, are you even listening to me? <laughs> oh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening to us. Yes. I really enjoyed this episode. If I'm being honest, like neither one of us wanted to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be honest. I'll be unapologetically myself that I was not in the mood. But no, honestly, we got there. Yeah, Woo-hoo. I'm feeling better, though. That yeah. was really therapeutic. It was. I feel like I got a little life back in me. Yeah, I think it's important to do it even when we're not in the mood because it's Again, it represents being unapologetically yourself. So you're going to get us on good and bad days, people. Yeah, we wouldn't be us if we were like, oh, we can't, we can't podcast today because we're having a bad day. And then you just see that glimmery, great side where we're all motivated and happy all the time. People post on social media, like always their best side or their best pictures and, and happy go lucky, but we never see the deeper parts. No. Oh, well, thank okay. you everybody for listening. Message us if you like it or if you want to add to the jar um, of topics or have a situation that you want us to kind of break through. Or if you want to be a guest. I mean, it's always nice to actually take time to sit quietly and listen to other people. Oh, I love you. I love you. And I love you guys for listening to us. Oh, yeah. Okay, Okay. we're trailing. Bye. Okay, bye, everyone.